Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Jordan Younger, your host of the Balanced Blonde Soul on Fire podcast. Here we go deep on all things astrology, awakening, wellness, motherhood, channeling, aliens, and so much more. We have deep conversations. We go to other realms. It's a lot of fun. So stick around. Let's dive on in. I cannot wait to connect. Hello, happy holidays, and welcome back to the Balanced Bond Podcast, Soul on Fire. We have a special episode for you today, which we try to release every year, a best of the show episode, and this is the best of 2022. So this is an amazing place to start if you're either new to the show and you want to get the gist of what it's all about and what we talk about here on the podcast, and it's also an amazing place to come back to if you're a fan of the show and maybe you missed a couple episodes life is busy, or maybe you've listened to all of them and you want a little refresher on what some of my personal favorites were. So this is a mixed bag and I like it because this podcast in and of itself is a mixed bag. We talk about everything from spiritual awakening to psychedelics to nutrition and health. We have friends on the show. We talk about dark nights of your own soul and timeline hopping. We talk about soulmates and love and marriage. And we even told our whole birth story on the podcast this season. That's always going to be my favorite episode. So that's where we're starting today. But you can look forward to hearing from everyone from Gabby Bernstein to the Long Island Medium in this episode, as well as hearing my near-death experience, as well as a portion of my favorite solo episode where I talk about my favorite book of all time. And you'll also hear from friends who are experts in astrology, human design, building businesses, being a wellness entrepreneur, all the things. It's a mixed bag. Like I said, I hope everyone's having such a good holiday season that you're getting some much needed downtime and that you're surrounded by love near or far. And I know this time of year can either be people's favorite time of year or least favorite time of year. So I'm holding space for whatever the holidays feels like to you. And I'm grateful for you as we end the year. I always think about what I'm grateful for. And what I'm so thankful for is this community, the way that you guys show up for me and the way that I can just hop on this podcast and pour my guts out and talk about the things that I care about and actually call it a job is something that I will never take for granted. I've been doing this for six years and I'm not slowing down anytime soon. And that's very, very much thanks to you guys. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being amazing. Check out TBB merch if you haven't yet and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and I will send you my free yoga ebook as a thank you. And without further ado, let's get into the best of the show episode. Each person has their own unique magic and each person has their own unique set of gifts that they have that they need to cultivate. So you might not find or understand your gifts by looking at other people on social media or looking at what anyone else is doing. And for you, I've never heard of the gifts that you have, like the soul gazing and the eye gazing feel so unique to you. What was the first time, if you have a memory of when you remember noticing that something was different in mm-hmm. the way that you see people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember the first time very specifically. And best speak, memory. Yeah, you guys, very, best memory. Very good. Oh yeah. I, <laughs> the best memory. I, I have such a unique memory. Yes. I'm trying, what's the word for it? Wait, why is my mind what? blanking? I still have mom brain, by the way. I, it's... um. Photographic memory. Yes, oh yes. my God, Jordan, hello. I have it's a okay. mix up apparently for All my words. friends with babies, every um, time I'm like, mom brain, mom brain. <laughs> so real. Yes. So yes, I have a photographic memory for mm-hmm. experiences. And the first memory that I have of seeing someone's face shape drift was in Ojai. I was having a reading with someone who channels Pleiadians, speaking about intergalactic things as we are here. 
And I didn't know what to expect. I didn't even know what that meant. This was in 2017. And I was looking into her eyes and she was challenging me to look deeper and deeper into her eyes. And because this was new to me, I think I was kind of scared. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what's happening. Not scared, just kind of like, I don't know if this is going to happen for me. I'm not sure what's going on. And suddenly it was like a screen and her face turned into galaxies and her actual face melted away. And I saw an old Native American woman. And then I saw an old Native American man, and she was a young woman in her human self. And then I saw alien type of figures coming through her face and animals. And I just thought at the time, this woman is so powerful. What is she doing and what is she capable of? And she told me about my connection with the Pleiadians. And the interesting thing is she had been channeling the Pleiadians for a long time, and she'd been trying to tell me for a long time. They want to talk to you. And I just didn't, I just didn't know what that meant. So fast forward, I was on a girls weekend in Ojai and I went out and told all my friends that I grew up with, I'm a Pleiadian. And I saw her face shape shift and they were just like, oh my God, this is so cool. She did a soul reading on everybody and it was really interesting. But then a couple months later, I started seeing it in other people. And I had Shaman Durek, a mutual friend of ours, on my podcast in my old apartment. My tiny little one, yeah, one bedroom, TBT, Hudson, roaming Mm -hmm. around, cat hair everywhere. The kitten. And I saw Shaman Durek's face disappear. And I saw galaxies. I saw a woman come through. And I asked him, him being so powerful, what is this going on? I see this in people now. And that was probably the fifth time I had seen it. And that was a huge summer of awakening for me. And he said, you're seeing my true soul. And that's a gift that you have. And that's on recording on the podcast Mm -hmm. from 2017. And then I started to explore it more. And that was the summer that I got a lot of alien visitations. And I lived alone. I wasn't living with Jonathan yet. And so... I just traveled through the galaxies in all of my free time. I watched Gaia TV. I listened to channelings. I was obsessed as I get with many things, doing Kundalini almost every day with Guru Jagat, rest in peace. And I'm actually nostalgic for that time. Mm -hmm. Now that we're talking about it, I was so free to just, just explore all of these things, which I still am. And we all are, but I'm a mom now and I'm married and I just, yeah, things have changed. Yeah. It's like when you're in that moment, you can see now you're exploring and you're just doing all of these things, but potentially in the moment you're like, what is my life going to become? You know, I think we always can look back and think either the best or the worst of times, but it's like, I'm sure in that beautiful transition void period where you're just exploring the galaxy, you probably were loving it, but then there probably was a part of you that's like, what is going to happen with my life? Yes. I was like buzzing with excitement all the time because I felt like I'm going to really be a healer, like in Mm -hmm. a big way. And I still feel that, but the feeling was very strong back then because it was like, if you don't do something with this, then what are you doing kind Mm -hmm. of thing? Let's talk about my favorite topic, which is ketamine therapy. I'm so honored to be able to work with an at-home ketamine therapy brand on the podcast. How cool is life, you guys? So when people say that you just need to take better care of yourself, that's really not a good response to mental health struggles. Mental health struggles are very real, and we know that this time of year is when people are typically suffering the most. You know Maybe you live with it. Maybe someone that you love lives with it. But it's time that you check out a new guided therapy program. And this is guided ketamine therapy from MindBloom. So MindBloom is the leader in at-home ketamine therapy. They offer a combination of science-backed medicine with clinician and guide support for people looking to improve their mental health and well-being. They connect patients to licensed psychiatric clinicians and help them achieve better outcomes with lower costs, greater convenience, and artfully crafted experiences. To begin, you'll take their online assessment and schedule a video consult with a licensed clinician to determine if MindBloom is right for you. 
If they are, then you will receive a kit in the mail complete with medicine, treatment materials, and tips for getting the most out of your experience. It's time to enter the next chapter in mental health and well-being. Let MindBloom guide you. Right now, MindBloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com slash blonde and use promo code blonde at checkout. Go to mindbloom.com slash blonde, promo code blonde, for $100 off your first six-session program today. That's mindbloom.com slash blonde, promo code blonde. Can't wait to hear what you think. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port, and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV, and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms. This is the therapy for people who want help now, mm-hmm, right? So mm-hmm. it's like there's all these great studies and, you know, next year in 2023, we'll have psilocybin-assisted psychotherapy in Oregon, Field Trips Amsterdam Clinic. We already have psilocybin-assisted psychotherapy there right now. But if you live in the United States right now, ketamine is the only medicine used as a psychedelic that we can legally use today outside of research studies. So that's what we use with you. And it's actually, I think, my favorite psychedelic medicine because mm-hmm. it's there's so there's such a very ability. There's so many things you can treat with it and, and there's so many different ways to work with it. So what's really interesting, ketamine was obviously people are always like, is that a horse tranquilizer? What right. about the K-hole? Well, mm-hmm. it, it was invented in Detroit about 60 years ago and it was meant to be used for general anesthesia, which still is today. But what was really interesting is that, you know, like many of the great medicines in this world, there's sort of these accidental discoveries. So around 2000, so 20 years ago, they started to realize, oh, this is interesting. If you give somebody with severe depression or even somebody experiencing suicidal thoughts, if you give them one dose of ketamine via an IV, the suicidal thoughts go away within four hours and they're no longer depressed. So it's like, Wow, we finally have, this is to me the most groundbreaking thing, one of, about ketamine. We finally have a medicine that if somebody is suffering today, right now, you're going to get relief today. Imagine how many lives that could save, right? Because everything else that we have, psychotherapy is great. And some people, you know, whatever they take, medication or some of the newer forms of things like TMS, transcranial magnetic stimulation, they all take weeks or months to work. So Mm -hmm. it's really remarkable. And then they started to realize that, okay, it's really fast acting, but it only lasts a couple of days. So then we started to develop this protocol where you stack roughly six doses together within two to three weeks or four weeks. Mm -hmm. And that gives you the longevity. And then they started to realize that, huh, what if you, instead of using IV ketamine, what if we delivered it all at once? Mm -hmm. So instead of this steady drip where you're sort of, somebody described it as like purgatory, where you're like, you know, you can get kind of deep, but you don't, they don't shoot you out of a rocket into the psychedelic space because with an IV, you know, first of all, the needle's in your vein the whole time. Mm-hmm. Second of all, they're delivering the medicine at the steady state. They base it primarily on weight. What if we could actually do some psychotherapy, learn about the person? I learned about you. I learned about your history, your goals, what you want, how the medicine could help us to process trauma, which we did, but mm-hmm. also help you to have this mystical experience. So then they realize that if you actually combine it with psychotherapy, it lasts even longer. For example, if somebody does the six doses of ketamine to start in the IV clinic model with no psychotherapy, it's only going to last about a month. And then Mm -hmm. you have to come back every month for a booster dose. But when you combine it with psychotherapy, it lasts three to four times longer. So now we're seeing people that initial six sessions will last them three months, four months, five months. And then they just come back for a booster session combined with psychotherapy And depending on the dose, like we did two different doses with you, which is really fun. So sometimes I'll do that. We sort of do a a two for one where we do what's called our psycholytic dosing. So that's Mm -hmm. sort of the low dose ketamine model where concurrent psychotherapy and trauma reprocessing. Do you remember, do you remember some of the things I was saying to you yes, in that I first do. session, in I that do. first part of the session? I think I remember a big handful of what we talked about during this psycholytic part. Yeah. 
And then after that was truly immersive, truly psychedelic and mystical. And I also remember a lot of that, interestingly enough. Mm. Maybe I've forgotten 90% of it, but even the part that I remember is so powerful and so big. So I remember our psycholytic conversation. Yes. Which I was so grateful for. And I I don't know if you remember this, you probably do because you were in a totally (laughs) lucid state where you then said, are you done with talking for now or do you want to keep talking or do Mm -hmm. you want to have the immersive experience? And I was scared to stop talking to you because Mm. I was almost kind of scared of where will I go? Mm -hmm. And that's why I said, can we still talk if I decide to? And you said yes. And we were holding hands and it was so supportive. Yeah. But then the immersive experience took me in Yeah. and I knew you were there and we could talk about it after. So all of it was so powerful. I want you to stay really honest with yourself, right? About the physical and mental stuff. Because one of the things that happens, particularly in the space of personal growth in the wellness space, is that we can override our truth because we want to be super holistic or we want to be, you know, you know, I can I can get myself out of this because I've done it before or whatever the storyline is. And for me, that was actually really dangerous. Because I was living with, at the time, suicidal depression. And that's not your story. So we're not going to put that on you. But I had that. And I was trying to ashwagandha my way out of it. Mm-hmm. And I needed, I needed medicated support. I needed, I needed an antidepressant to save my life because I would have taken my life. So that honesty of what is my level of, not even level of tolerance, like what is my level of wellness that I am able to handle with the support that I have, or do I need more? Whether it's mental or whether it's physical. And sometimes more may look different than our standard path. You know, prior to being pregnant, I had never fulfilled a prescription in the pharmacy. I was brought up homeopathic. I had healed myself naturally for for all methods. And here I was now postpartum with levothyroxine in my pharmacy, you know, Zoloft on my pharmacy for a period of time. I needed sleep support because I was having anxiety and insomnia. And so this is someone who like literally never had a pill bottle in their, it was my, my, my cabinets were filled with supplements, you know, yeah, and like roots and whatever. And this, these, I had to accept that God was in the medication. Mm-hmm. I had to accept that my preg- that pregnancy is an autoimmune disease that sometimes needs further support in order for me to survive as a human. And so there's my permission to all your listeners and to you that to stay open to whatever it is that you need and to trust that there's God in all of it. So tell everybody what it's like to be a father. How have you been doing for these last six months? Wow. What it's like to be a father. Being a father is the best. Any new dad, I guess any dad that feels similarly just knows what I'm feeling, which is just elated. (laughs) And it definitely has its costs. Lack of sleep, emotional mood swings. Pisces moon, like Jonathan, there are a lot of Mood Completely swing. irrational tantrums. Not from the baby, but from the husband. Baby's great. I'm talking about me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's been, it's been wonderful. I can't believe it's been six months. I know. It feels good. I think they say in Chinese medicine, it takes 100 days for it to feel normal and for a new routine to set into place once you've had a baby. So they celebrate the first 100 days of life, which I think I think we hit that milestone back in March, but I think six months, that's when I feel ready as a mother to re-enter the world and do some things on my own. And Atticus is home right now without us, with our amazing nanny, and he's super happy. But I don't think I could have done that even a month ago. So it feels monumental and big. And I also wanted to start this episode by saying to you, just describe our son, for a second to our listeners. He's so special and I haven't gotten to talk about him much yet on the podcast. I mean, he really is. Like, I think people assume that what you put on social media is the best version of yourself. You're not going to 
post the the lows. And I think if there was a live stream of this baby 24-7, you would truly see that he'll whimper when he's a little bit hungry. He'll whimper when he's tired. He'll definitely cry when he's teething because his front two little teeth are coming in. It's adorable. But anyone who's hung out with him for a couple hours, a full day, they just know. He's like the chillest little dude. He's just smiley. He's very aware. I mean, definitely gets that from you. I'm looking at West Hollywood and the backdrop of Jordan. I'm completely distracted because I'm basically a puppy and I'm seeing a bunch of shiny toys in the background. He's very present. He stares people deep in the eye. He has a soul gaze that is like no other. And people tell me that I have this. I think I make people uncomfortable. That's something that I hear on a daily basis. So I can finally accept that about myself. (laughs) I stare people very deep in the eye, but I was just born that way. I'm your husband. You make me uncomfortable sometimes. I know. Starting on our first date, he was like, what are you looking at? What are you doing? This is Why are you looking at me like that? I'm like, because we're on a date and we've been friends for years and we're on a date. Like, of course I'm looking at you in that way. And Atticus is like that. And yeah. he was born that way. Yeah, People, within the first 10 minutes, he was just staring. Like, it was, mm-hmm. we have that on video. Yep. He is an alert, present baby. People stop us on the street to say, your baby is so alert and so aware. It's just noticeable. And now that he's six months, I think six months old, they're starting to be pretty alert. He was like that when he was born. We might just sound like the crazy parents who are like, our kid is... <laughs> so smart and so strong and so wise, but it's actually true. He's a great baby. Spend some time with the little man and you guys will see. Okay, so I have to be honest with you guys. The main questions that I get asked are about my hair. I attribute the health of my hair to a lot of things, but one thing I am loving right now is K18. They are bringing you the future of hair care with their leave-in molecular hair repair mask that reverses damage in just four minutes. Unlike most products that cover damage, this clinically proven breakthrough repairs damage from bleach and color, chemical services, and heat on all hair types. The secret is in their patented K18 peptide, which was born after 10 years of complex bioscience research to restore strength and elasticity in the innermost layers of your hair. Since damage is ongoing, you can start fresh with stronger, softer, smoother, bouncier hair that lasts. No wonder their leave-in molecular repair hair mask went viral. The best part is K18's easy leave-in fits into any routine, so you can repair daily damage with less stress and frustration and unlock new levels of self-expression. They're available at Sephora.com and in Sephora stores, and I'm just really into this right now. I've actually been really into my beauty routine more than ever and finding that the older that I get, the more emphasis that I put on taking care of myself from my health and wellness to my beauty to my hair just feels really, really good. Shop K18's leave-in molecular repair hair mask at Sephora and Sephora.com. That is K18's leave-in molecular repair hair mask at Sephora and Sephora.com. Enjoy and can't wait to hear what you think. Something else that people wanted to know from you, a lot of moms, I have such an audience of parents these days, and I think it's because my audience always has evolved right alongside of me. We're just doing a lot of things around the same time, or maybe they've been moms for a long time. They want to know how to raise their child with the human design in mind. What's the best way? Okay. So the most basic level is to learn about how your child functions and then to do everything that honors that natural energy pattern and that natural functioning instead of come in with your preconceived ideas about what kind of ways it's right to raise kids. Like even the most 
conscious sort of parenting things and whatever don't apply to every single person. Just like every the best diet in the world doesn't apply to every single human, like grown up, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same with parenting. So I think the, the principles of good parenting are the same, right? Like make your child feel seen and heard and whatever. But where human design is really interesting is like, how does your child feel the most seen and heard? You know, and if you can learn what their way is, then you can kind of get through to them in the way that they need to get through. But I think another thing that's really overlooked that I don't think anyone or many people in parenting even talk about is that good parenting is half you learning the child, but it's also the other half is you like parenting according to your energy Mm -hmm. and the way that you function and your alignment. So what I see often is a lot of parents trying to become this perfect mother as if it's like this being that's completely different to who they are, whereas actually your child, if we know that you choose your parents, right? Like you don't need to be the most hands-on mom if you're not a hands-on person because why would your child, your child wants you to be exactly who you are and that's what's going to serve the child the most. Mm -hmm. So you need to actually be okay and get over the conditioning that not being a helicopter mom or being at every soccer game is the best thing for the child because maybe it isn't. Right. Okay, that blows my mind right there. Wow. That gives me so much permission already. Like opened a whole new door. Well, who's the who's the mom that passed? Who's the mother energy? I mean, it could be my mom's mom, my dad's mom. Okay. It, who's who else is in the room with you? Anna. Do you connect to this? Um, yeah, my, my mom passed. Yeah, her mom passed. Okay, because I just because so, you were saying grandmother, and I'm like, okay, I, that's okay, and uh-huh. then I kept hearing spirit kept pushing me like, no, no, say oh. it again, say it again. So your producer, her mom departed. Mm-hmm. So know that she steps forward. And is she gone for some time, her mom? Yeah, um, like 13 years. 13 years. Because she showed me my symbol for where she, where the your producer, what mm-hmm. is her name? Her name's Anna. Anna. Mm-hmm. Anna might feel that her mom has missed out. So when a soul shows me like someone young and then they grow. And it's this is just my symbol. Whether graduation, wedding, birth of a child, whatever it may be, it's validating that her mom has not missed out, that she has lived life through her eyes and wants to thank her for honoring her every step of her milestones. Wow. So now, did she get married since her mom departed? No, but I'm in a long-term relationship. She's in a long-term relationship, not married. But okay, so know that she knows of it because she kept lifting up a bottom of a dress and sewing a heart-shaped lace in it. That's just my symbol for where someone includes someone in their very special day, whether it's Uh a engagement or a wedding, or even if she talked about wedding, validating that her mom is present for that. Does she connect with the breathing with the mom? She just labored my chest and I had difficulty breathing. Yeah, she, in the last months of her life, she was, you know, in hospice and that was kind of a a, a challenge. Mm -hmm. So know that she says... I don't want you to remember me in this way. I want you to remember me being able to breathe full of life. And I feel like that you have this picture of her. And this, can we just talk about this for a minute? I can't even see Anna. I have no idea that she's even in the room. I know. Do you want to come over here and share the mic? Yeah, we (laughs) we need, this this is is too special. This is too special. She's coming in. But this is crazy. Like, this isn't even... Wait, was she in another room? No, she's here. She's in the room, but yeah, behind a little but it, wall. Okay. But it just validates on how spirit was making me feel like I needed to go beyond something. Yes. Okay, hop in. She's here. She's coming in. This is one of the reasons why I say I'm good at what I do, because even though things might not make sense, mm-hmm. but we might, we might not feel that we understand it, spirit has... A much bigger plan for us sometimes. Oh, definitely. Well, I'm thrilled that this Hello. is happening. This is <laughs> Hi, Anna. nice to now meet you, Now she can Anna. get your messages directly. Yes. Well, because I just, I feel like it's so important because your mom is like literally like jumping up and down. And so when souls jump up and down, first thing for me is that they can move freely on the other side. So know that any disability and our ailment that your mom had, she left with the physical body. She did not take with her. And she says, and I want my daughter to know that how proud I am of her. And there is not one moment that I ever or could have been disappointed in her. She says, I never want you to feel that way. She says, and I don't want you to feel that 
and and I'm going to hypothetical this, Anna, in a way of that if I say to you, like your mom showed me, like, I would not have wanted you to make any different choices or decisions because I was going to die. So let's hypothetically say if, oh, I never would have went off to college or I never would have went on vacation or I would have spent more time with my mom if I knew that she was really going to die because your mom made me feel like even though you knew that she was sick, it never really sunk in or like you really like, oh my God, my mom is going to die. Like she might not be here. Does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent. I, I'm, I'm flooded with emotion because my, so my brother who's, he's eight years older and he was struggling at the time he was in college and he was struggling with the decision of whether or not to move home. And she, you know, she put that energy forward and was like, I don't want you, I want you to live your life and live life for me and through me. So that's, yeah, resonates a lot. It's definitely her. (laughs) Amazing. And she just said to me, she goes, why would she question it to me? She goes, I, oh, this, (laughs) this is funny. So now I don't dream of my loved ones that have died. I don't connect with spirit in that way. So she literally just said to me, I came to my daughter in a dream and I told her that I was okay. <laughs> that true? Yeah. I've, especially recently I've had. Shut up. Yeah. See this. I don't connect with spirit. This is what I do for a living. I don't connect with them in that way. I don't dream in that way. So know that when you had that dream and a lot of times a dream might not make any sense, but what you remember is them vividly. Sometimes someone, it might just be for a split second, but they're happy, they're healthy, they're smiling a lot. Sometimes people might actually embrace their loved one and they might have a conversation. Whatever happened in that moment, know that that was a visitation from your mom's soul and her soul showing you that she was okay. And then she just, I watched her lean over and kiss you and she said, don't worry, you will not get sick like me. I don't want you to worry. She keeps having me do body scans on you and body scans. And I'm like, I don't say anything. I don't say anything. She goes, tell my daughter that. Your mom's very funny, very (laughs) animated and very to the point. (laughs) That was her personality. Yeah, she was. um, She she lights up any room, still does. She says, I want you to know I am so proud of the woman you've become. Thank you. And this means the most. And I was not expecting this, but I'm so grateful for you being able to share that. Well, wait one second. Did Do you wear your mom's clothes? Um, I wear her jewelry. I'm actually wearing her earrings right now. Oh, my oh. gosh. Yeah. That's so special. Mm-hmm. But are they not style? Like, I don't know what they are. Like, she made, she showed me. This is what she showed me. So what happens is when a soul says something to me, I interpret it too. You understand it. And they show it to me again. It means that it has more meaning. Okay. So I can't even see that you have earrings on. You're wearing mm-hmm. headphones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? But she made me feel like when she originally showed me like this article of clothing, she's like, do you believe she wears it? She goes, it's not even in style, but it still looks cool, right? A, yeah, I have a sweater, a cashmere sweater of hers that I wear. <laughs> it's not this one, but <laughs> it is from like, uh, you still don't always wear like Jagger or Jaeger, however you pronounce it. That was like super popping back in the 80s. And I was and, going to say, yeah. if she brings up back <laughs> in the day in the 80s, the yeah. reading's over. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I take it back. Oh my God. I'm only kidding. But how it made, but here it is. You were still able to connect with, you're literally wearing the earrings that I can't even see, but then reminding you of this article of clothing that really isn't in style, but it still looks fabulous because I feel like that's how she's making me feel like everything I owned was fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, she can make anything look fabulous. So I, I stand by that. And now, uh, yeah, I will wear it tomorrow in her honor. Oh, so special. So oh my special. God. I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, keep it going. This is way more exciting than anything this else is, going but, on. But this is the point. Like, I don't have mm-hmm. control. And, and, I, and I understood that. And like what I was explaining to you earlier, like the day I put my gift in God's hands and, and I'm, I, you know, and I say that because that's just what I embrace, what what I believe in. I believe as long as we believe in an, a higher power, I want people to understand that there truly is an afterlife and that they do have that connection with their loved ones. And that's it. Mm-hmm. 
if anyone walks away from listening to this th- this episode on your podcast of feeling maybe their loved one a little bit more, anything more than that, then I feel then that's a bonus. Mm-hmm. I just think it's such a it's such a gift. It it really is. Yeah. No. I mean, I I firmly believe that there's no such thing as too many coincidences, and I just think it's like now that I'm kind of like absorbing everything that you're saying, like with the earrings, there was a time like a few years ago where we were on a trip and I lost them. And I realized when I was on the flight that they were gone and, you know, the hotel was not letting us know if they had them or not. And I was just, there was too many things aligned that I felt like her coming through because our, we were delayed on the taxiway. Had that not happened, this woman sitting next to me that I did not know wouldn't have tapped me on the shoulder and said, I'm so sorry to be to over here, but I'm actually a French translator, an American who like speaks fluent French. Do you, I hear that you're like struggling. Do you want me to talk to the hotel? And she was on the phone with them for 45 minutes. Had our plane like been on time, that would have never happened. They ended up, you know, admitting that they had it. You know, she had, she arranged for her cousin to come pick them up. And I like was just in shock and I was like, I can't thank you enough. And she said to me, your mom would be really proud of you. So and those are the earrings I'm wearing. So it's just like a lot of very like it. Yeah, it, it she comes through in that way. And I've had that experience before. So that's why it's very moving and meaningful. Absolutely. And it doesn't always have to be a sign of, say, a dream or a butterfly or a rainbow. Just simply, you had that feeling, Anna, that your mother was present, Mm -hmm. that her soul had something to do with this. That's a sign. I say that they're little hellos from heaven. It's validation. Whatever it is that we feel, know that it's real. Know that it is our loved ones. Even that little gut instinct that we get, never veer from that. No, I said that's our little Jiminy Cricket and that's our loved ones guiding us. Don't veer from that. So beautiful. Wow, that was the coolest thing ever. So let's get into number three. This is a book and this is my favorite book. Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. This book also came into my life in 2018. You're probably starting to see a theme here. And it spoke to me. In fact, I would go as far to say this book saved my life and kept me alive at a time when I didn't know if I could go on. I was in so much pain and I couldn't see a future for my life with this level and degree of pain that I was in. Chronic illness is a real beast. It's something I don't wish upon my worst enemy. However, when you're living it and you get to see how much it calls you to step up and evolve in your life in order to simply survive and then learn how to thrive after you can get the survival part down, then I've been able to see how this has been a game changer that I'm thankful for because it it has created me. It has forged me into the person that I am and the mom that I am and the wife that I am. So reading Louise Hay's books, all of them, but You Can Heal Your Life is the one that we're focusing on today has been the biggest game changer for me. So the interesting thing is You Can Heal Your Life is actually rooted in Christian science. Louise Hay found Christian science when she was a young girl. She moved to New York City and she just found herself there almost by happenstance. You could call it a miracle. You could call it meant to be divine intervention or a simple coincidence. But she started learning about the Church of Christian Science. And in Christian Science, there is a belief that everything that happens to us is a miracle and that we have the power within us to heal through the power of the mind. And of course, that can be taken in an extreme way. But what I love about it is it brings the power back to us. And it's what so many of the modern day doctors and healers are saying, but in a very spiritual and outer worldly sense. And something that I want you guys to know is that I've been channeling Louise Hay with my mentor, Nikki, for the book that I've been working on for the last couple of years. And she is a fiery one up there. And she is one of my ultimate teachers, ultimate mentors, both in her books, in her talks, and 
from the other side. So the book is full of incredible mantras and stories, personal stories, her own teachings. And it really gets you to look at what's happening in your life. How's your health? What do you do for a living? Do you like your work? How are your finances? How is your love life? How did your last relationship end? What was your childhood like? And it gets you to see how that is all connected with mindset, the power of the mind, and the ability to heal. She's the one who really taught me through her books to not claim my illness as my own. And I just did it again. I said my illness. So it's hard to speak this way, but she really breaks it down. For example, she doesn't use the word disease. She uses the word dis-ease because your body is in a state of dis-ease when you're ill and you're not feeling well. So I have learned to say I have suffered from Lyme in my life or Lyme was something that I was dealing with or I am dealing with for a period of time. It's an entity of its own and I'm an entity of my own. And it just really gives you the power back to change your life. It is the power of the mind. Change your energy, change your life. She had a rough life. She had a rough childhood and she found a way to make the best of all of it. And I really feel like those of us who can rise above the circumstances we've been dealt in this life and see things from a zoomed out point of view and not necessarily place bad or good on any certain situation, even though in our human minds and our human bodies, it can feel really, really awful or it can feel really, really good. We can zoom out and we can find forgiveness and joy and love and purpose and meaning. She was able to do that. And her books really brought that to the forefront in my life. She also has a really interesting book that details all of the different diseases and ailments and talks about what emotion they're linked to. And that was another game changer for me. And you can use it like a little key. You can be like, oh, I have eczema. Oh, wow. Interesting. I'm dealing with resentment, for example. And you don't have to necessarily ascribe to all of these beliefs to get the healing from them. I personally do ascribe to all of these beliefs. It resonates with me deeply, but you can just get the gist of it and find the healing nonetheless and all the same. So highly recommend. That's my top read book and I bring it with me everywhere. I just think it takes courage to do the ultimate. It does. It, it, for, for some reason, it takes courage. And for me, I was facing, I see why it didn't happen. I see why I needed this winter. Like everything that could possibly be a block within me came up. Mm-hmm. You know, my relationship to my own self-worth, my relationship to love, my everything. And I sifted through them all and sat with them. And mm-hmm. that's why it was so dark. And Though I tried to timeline hop out of that many times this past winter, the universe wouldn't let me. Like, I could not make a dollar if I tried. I could not get in a relationship if I tried. Like, I could not start a new career if I tried. The universe, I felt like it will not let me. And Mm -hmm. so at one point, I surrendered to it. Surrender, baby. I just said, fine. Mm -hmm. Fine. And it was when I said, fine, that things started to shift. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's when I stopped trying that everything was right. That's how it freaking happens. It's the hardest thing to do. Mm -hmm. We just want to control and have our hands and everything to make sure that we're going to be okay. Not realizing that's backfiring on us the whole time. It's like the human condition. That's we all do it. And you surrender. The most the most the, the biggest pivotal moment was when I told you I'm not fine. Yeah. And after I said that, I was fine. Yeah. I was just thinking that. I was this like, why we I'm have- not okay, Jordan. Yeah. And then I was okay. Isn't it wild how that happened? Yeah. We have telepathy because I was just going to say the time when you became super honest mm-hmm. with yourself and then you were able to be honest with, with me and others. I feel like that shifted everything for you. How did you do that? Like, were you scared to say that or you were just at your breaking point like you had I was at my breaking point because the other thing is is that obviously I know things like I have gut feelings I and I mean it was November till the end of March that I I felt like I really wanted to get back into work I really wanted to continue my life but I couldn't like I couldn't I was having the same recycling thoughts, the same recycling. Things were being shown to me that like have been shown to me for 26 years. Nothing was changing. So I knew it was me. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just had an event basically that (laughs) 
Yes. I know I signed myself up for. Mm -hmm. Like I clearly knew that I don't do this, but Mm -hmm. I went and did it. And it mirrored back to me. And it was an intense event. It mirrored back to me where I'm not changing and how I'm still operating in kind of the same way. And I wasn't even upset in that. Like I think when bad things happen to us and events happen to us, usually, you know, you just freak out. And this was the first time something like that happened where I was so calm and I was able to like look at myself in the mirror and say, okay, mm-hmm. I'm really ready to change. And and that's the hardest part is we do things for our whole lifetime, you know, and lineages and our families do it. And we just keep repeating them. Yeah. And so to break them, the only way to break it is to change your ways. And so from there, right, that day after that, I told you I wasn't okay. And then I committed to changing my ways. And I have. And everything changed. You have. Pattern breaking is the hardest thing that Mm -hmm. we could ever do. We talk about this so much. Like, first of all, being the pattern breaker in your lineage, in your family, which is kind of like the generation that we're in. That's my belief. We're in the age of Aquarius. Our parents were at the end of the age of Pisces, the Piscean age. Things were harder. This is like the new world that we are in. Like we have these opportunities that our ancestors and even our parents didn't necessarily have unless they were way ahead of the game. My parents weren't. Sorry. I love you guys. But you know, (laughs) they know I'm the pattern breaker. Yeah. You're the pattern breaker. And everyone that I'm close to is a pattern breaker because it's not an easy path. No. And you've started doing, I mean, you've been doing it. That's why you were in the dark. But now you're seeing some light because like you're you're breaking your own patterns and it's different. Like our this own is, toxicity. Yeah, our own toxicity. Our own toxic traits. Yeah. Oh my God. Freaking toxic traits. What I remember now is floating above my body and seeing my body laying on the bathroom floor with Jonathan coming in and he's screaming and he doesn't know what to do. And I was floating above and thinking, I'm not going to die this way. I have to get back to my body. Like I have to get back. I have to get back to this life. And this was after a couple years of being so sick that I actually did think maybe a peaceful transition would be nice just being super honest. So, but I realized in that moment, not this way. No, this is not supposed to happen. And this was an accident. And I didn't know how sensitive my body was. And swimming back through the ethers, basically, to my body. And I was kind of given this choice, which was just a very metaphysical moment. It's not like anyone spoke to me or anything specific. Just like, if you come back, are you willing to do anything? Like, are you willing to deal with the ramifications of this overdose, which was what was happening? Are you willing to deal with the pain? Are you are you willing to, you're not living aligned, you know? This is all so metaphysical. It happened in a matter of seconds. But my soul was like, no, I'll do anything. I get it now. I get it now. I, I will come back. So I did. I was given that blessing by who the heck knows what kind of angels out there. And then I was in my body, but then everything looked absolutely crazy. And this is what we say about Aya, ayahuasca, Mm -hmm. still living in our bodies and can be released through the spine depending on what other medications that you take. And so I don't take THC. I don't like marijuana. I don't ever do it. And I know it's just a part of some people's routine. I think something happened and the interaction of all of it. I was basically having an ayahuasca journey in my bathroom and in my room. Jonathan called my mom. They live in the building. She came down. It was three in the morning. And I was looking at both of them and I was saying to them, I'm sorry, but you look like demons to me. And so they were not themselves and I couldn't breathe, hyperventilating. And did they look like demons? That you were saying that and seeing that? Yes. No, I didn't. No, they looked like they were drawn out of chalk demonically. And <laughs> I know exactly I, what you're talking yes, about. And I forced them to turn on the TV because I thought like, I, I don't know. I said, yes. I'm not in this reality. Bring me back. Bring yes. me back. So they put on, I believe it was the Kardashians or something. And it was the only thing keeping me sane. But I was on my bed, yep. rocking back and forth, couldn't breathe, couldn't think. Jonathan went and got all of this frozen bread out of our freezer and like toasted it and made me eat it because they were like, maybe she hasn't eaten enough. And I couldn't express to them 
what was going on. No one knew how much medication I took except for me. And no one knew about all this organ stuff going on because I couldn't articulate it. And I was just not okay. So I'm screaming and crying. My mom's panicking. But I knew having my mom there, I had to tone down the panic because of how scared she would be. So somehow I brought... After many hours, I was just like, I think I'm going to be okay. And I knew that once I was able to, I would look on my phone and Google these drug interactions, which I did basically come 7 a.m. and saw tramadol and THC, fatal, heart failure, all this stuff. So a lot of things I was feeling in my body. And again, a lot of people would ask, why didn't Jonathan and your mom take you to the hospital? They didn't know what was going on and neither did I. It took me a while to realize this total near death type of thing happened. On the one hand, I knew right away. And on the other hand, it's taken me many years and almost like Ruth telling me that I was supposed to die and died at 29 and then came back to even believe that that happened. And so it was very validating to hear from Ruth that that happened because I find, I just felt like, okay, wow. Like, I knew it happened, but to have someone outside of myself who literally doesn't know me in a very unbiased way tell me that, it was something. Do you feel like for the, you know, the messages from your higher self or God in that experience, do you ever have fear that you're not living up to that? Like, is there that experience too where you're like, oh my God, you know, is that like a thought that you have where it's like, I I have to do this or else? Sometimes, yes. Only recently do I feel like I realize actually that I haven't been using my time as wisely and efficiently as I wish. And that's something that I've changed within the last three weeks of my life. So I think it just has taken me so long to realize that I really did get a second chance at life. And I also have gotten a third and fourth and fifth chance because Lyme disease is wreaking havoc all the time in my body. So I think, yeah, I now realize in the last very short period of time and becoming a mother, there are no days to waste. Nobody's life is guaranteed and not another day is guaranteed. So what am I doing? Wasting my time scrolling social media so much and worrying about things that don't matter, fretting about people who are not thinking about me. the list goes on. That's most and, of our voice notes. Right. Yeah. We, Krista and I are, oh my God, we care so much. It's, it's psychotic. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. Come say hi on Instagram at The Balance Wand and tell me what your favorite part of this episode was. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and send me a screenshot of your rating and review for a free Soul on Fire yoga ebook. See you next Wednesday. Love you guys. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.